Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to the Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 412. It's playoff time. It's in the middle of playoffs. We are in the final. That's right. The Western and Eastern finals are coming up this weekend. This is our preview show, and that's what we're going to do. We have like two more weeks of football, and it's over. And then the hashtag, is it June yet? Comes out yet? Is it June yet? Yeah, okay. Well, hey, tonight I was asked, Darcy Berger, uh, who is a uh, Ryder fan, uh, he put up a post and he said, how many Bomber fans would cheer for the Riders in the Grey Cup and how many Ryder fans would cheer for the Bombers in the Grey Cup? And I just thought it was kind of funny, and I just kind of said, hey, personally, I think if Winnipeg loses this weekend, most Bomber fans are going to stop watching football for the year. Go Jets. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> which that was kind of funny, right? And just stirring the pot and trying to get things going. Uh, anyhow, uh, I was asked, and uh, this is what it basically was. And it says, uh, are, it, uh, Darcy asked me if I was cheering for anyone or am I just watching for the sake of the love of the CFL? And that was an interesting question. I actually had to think about it for a second. And uh, growing up, uh, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, uh, I lived beside a a family that had moved out from Edmonton and they were hardcore Eskimo fans, big breakup parties, everything else. It was right in the middle of the Warren Moon dynasty and everything else. They would just love to rub the rub it in my face that the Lions sucked and uh, Edmonton was the team to beat. And uh, I can't I, I can't like the Edmonton Eskimos ever since then. I just absolutely can't stand them. And I kind of feel sorry for them when they were really losing, like that four and fourteen season where they were losing games by one and two points, but too fucking bad. Um and then Ed, uh, Saskatchewan. I can't cheer for Saskatchewan ever. I just can't stand the team. They're uh, morally and ethically bankrupt as an organization. And there are some fans that just annoy the shit out of me. So, uh, you know, yeah, no, I can't cheer for the Riders under any circumstances. Then you got the Bombers. And the Bombers, you know, you could you, you feel kind of sorry for them. They're, what, 29 years they haven't had a great cup victory. But then the fans this year got so arrogant. And, like, it was go- their god destined them to win the gray cup and they're just arrogant assholes and then then they beat the stampeders last week and all the gloating that came out no forget it i hope the bombers lose i want the bombers to be destroyed even if it's by the riders this weekend act no 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 way no way i want to see the bombers and the tie cats well tie cats i could cheer for the tie cats i really can't stand brandon banks uh he's a dweeb uh, just like a little worm. No, I have no use for Brandon Banks, but I would probably be cheering for the Ticats. So to answer your question, Darcy, and I did kind of post this up there, I'm watching because it's Canadian football. And Canadian football only has two weeks left, and June is a very long time away. So I am going to watch the last two weeks of football and uh, enjoy it no matter what happens. And uh, I really don't care. I couldn't give a shit who wins. It's really My team's gone. They didn't make the playoffs. We all know that. BC Lions didn't do it. So I just could not 
care less. I don't care who wins. I really don't. I just want to watch football. And it's whatever team is playing at the time and whichever one I, 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 I hate less. Okay. And this weekend coming up, I think I'm cheering for the tie cats and God forbid, possibly the riders. Okay. So uh, we're going to see what happens on, and we're going to go with football this week. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things. Uh, we're going to talk about the two. Oh, 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 there's a segment in here that our last segment for the night that Charles put in here. And I want to touch, touch this one right now. And I want to make my point very, very, very clear. Okay. I want this. I do not ever want this to be thrown at me in the future saying that what my team did. Okay. The, the thing is a bomber's assistant coach, Paul Lapalise is apparently high on the list of BC lions for their vacant head coaching job. Do we see him as a favorite or does someone else hold that position? Okay, we're going to talk about that later, of who is going to be the coach and everything else. But I want this to be clear right now. If the BC Lions approach Paul LaPolice while the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are still in the playoffs, I will be absolutely disgusted with my own football team. And I will hold them accountable for tampering with a team that is still playing their season. Just because the Lions have been eliminated from this playoffs does not give them the right to interfere with another team just because they want to get a head start on their offseason. No, that is absolutely despicable. Saskatchewan Rough Riders did it to the Edmonton Eskimos and hired Chris Jones before Chris Jones won the Grey Cup in Edmonton. We all know that that happened, and that is one of the things of reasons why I say that the uh, Saskatchewan organization is morally and ethically bankrupt. If the BC Lions have done it, I hold them at the same status level. Okay. It's wrong. And I want to make sure that everybody out there knows that that is where it is. And don't you ever throw it back to me that I don't hold my own team accountable for their screw ups because I definitely do. And I will raise shit. If uh, if that's happened already, and I probably will anyhow, just because this this was made public. This should never have been made public. We'll talk about it later, but that should never have come out a week during the week of the Western Finals. Uh-uh. I, 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 I have no words for how angry I am about this. Okay, I'm going to open up mics and bring in my buddies. Uh, Phil's missing tonight. We got Mark, Charles, and Will. I'm going to start off with Charles. Welcome to the show, buddy. What's your thoughts? Hello. What? What are your thoughts? On what? I don't care. I'm glad. Did you not listen to what I just said? Anything? I did. You you don't have any thoughts Uh, on it? No, I do. I mean, uh, I know we're going to talk about it later, but the thing is, the one thing I do wonder is, it, it did come out, but did it come out on purpose or was it? Did somebody overhear something and then just got spread? I mean, I don't know if the team put this out. I mean, if someone overheard someone talking about that and 
they didn't know about it. You can't blame the team for that. I mean, it, you just I don't know. I mean, it, it really it depends, depends on where the, the team has gone. If they put a list of people together that they would like to see talk to after the season's over, I'm yeah. perfectly okay with that being right. Paul Lapolice on the top of the list or anything anybody else, right? But if they've actually right. contacted the agent or 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 the coach themselves and saying that oh, when yeah. your season's over, we want to talk to you, I have no use for that. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's but right it, at all. You're correct. If this is just a list and it got made public by mistake, accident, or or some media personality being overzealous, I I, I think that the Lions should be more careful with their list. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Who are you going to cheer I mean, for? Oh, quite honestly, uh, four teams right now. Who do you want to see win the Grey Cup? Do you care? Uh, I don't particularly care. Um, I just like watching. But I would say if I had to pick be, between the four teams, I'm probably picking Hamilton. Yeah. I'm because with you, I like – I, I mean, I'm with you that I don't like um, uh, Brandon Banks, but I like Orlando Steinauer. I think he's done a good job. I think – he should have been a head coach long before this year, and Agreed. to go out and win the Grey Cup in his rookie year as head coach, uh, I, th- that and uh, the good story that Dane Evans is, uh, that'd be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I agreed a hundred percent. If 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 on the first or second play of the game, Brandon Banks gets uh, uh, eliminated of somehow, and I'm not going to, I don't wish him an injury but is no longer capable of continuing in the game, I am 100% a Ticat fan. Fair enough. I'm 100% a Ticat fan. Okay, William, welcome to the show, buddy. Who are you cheering for? You know, you know can you explain to me, has the Earth access been off or something lately? Because it, the Winnipeg it's a little Blue weird. Bombers- the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Calgary Stampeders in a playoff game, and we don't know when the last time was that that happened. And now I'm sitting in front of my TV, and the Cleveland Browns are beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Does Cleveland ever win football games? There's something wrong with the world today. There's a lot there of is. things that are going there wrong. Is. It, it, I think it is. Armageddon is next. Okay. And and they fired Don Cherry. Anyways, I, um, well, can we talk about that later? Would that be wrong? Sure, I got no problem no. with it. No, I have no problem with that. Okay, if time prevails at the end of the show, we we can switch over to a little bit of Don Cherry. Okay. Okay. Um. Because um, your 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 cousin made a nice comment today about Don Cherry. So. Did he? What did he say? Uh. Yeah. Um, he said he is, and I and I guess Bobby Orr knows him quite well. I yeah. I would think so. And he said, and he said he is not a bigot. He is not a racist. He's probably one of the most honest people he's ever met, mm-hmm. and probably one of the most charitable people he's ever met. And he just went on and on and on and on. Okay, so. There you go. But we're all what just John Cherry has done for the military anyway. personnel is unbelievable. Absolutely. I agree. But we shouldn't talk about this right now. Anyways, um 
if the Bombers get into the Grey Cup, I will cheer for the Bombers. If Saskatchewan and Hamilton are in the Grey Cup, I guess I will cheer for Hamilton. But I really, my heart will not be in it. Okay? I love the CFL, but when your team's not in it, it's just not the same thing. Sorry. I understand that. Especially when I'm so used to my team being in it. Yeah. I just want my team in the playoffs. Uh, Yeah, well. Let's just be honest here. We all need small victories in our life, right? Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Okay, okay. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. I just wanted to correct you on one thing. It's your math again. It's 28 years, not 29. What difference? It's going to be 29 after this weekend, I knew you and it's going to be 30 after next year. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, seriously. We'll have to see. Yeah. Go, Riders. You didn't and mean the Bombers don't make the cut. No, I didn't. I, I didn't won't be cheering that. for anybody. I'll just watch football. Yeah, I'm just watching football. I'm kind of the same way, too. <laughs> June is a long time from now, okay? It is. It's a and long, it's a, long time. And if it's a Saskatchewan-Edmonton Grey Cup, I am going to get so drunk before I get to that game, it's not going to be funny. <laughs> You'll have to to get through it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Will, with your luck, you'll have a Ryder fan on one side and an Eskimo fan on the other. No, if I'm lucky, I'll run into Rhonda and I'll have a fist fight. Okay? <laughs> yeah, She'd beat the shit out of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I ran into her at the Grey Cup last year. Yes, you did. Yep. Will was not around. Luckily, I was five minutes behind you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark, who are you cheering for in the playoffs? Bombers. Why? <laughs> they, they proved to be losers of biblical proportions. Don't you think you could back a, a winning team once in a while? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, it's been it's been thirty what years. You know about before? winning? T- wouldn't you know more about losing teams in the last few years than the Bombers? Though? I actually the 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 I don't know the Lions have got a pretty good Grey Cup record. They they got the best in the league, I think, at uh, point six. Not in the last couple so, of years, few years. Though. Well, yeah, it's been 2011. At least you know, at least they won it this century. Yeah. So they won sure. it this decade. I prefer recent history, and at least we make the playoffs. Yeah, and you've got what? What one playoff? Oh, oh, that was your second playoff victory in 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 seven years. Uh, that's uh, impressive. You might actually keep your coach. But who knows? I prefer two for two versus zero for two. I don't think you're two for two though. Two straight years on the playoffs. Uh, last time I checked, the Lions have been golfing pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least we got weather to golf in. Okay, oh, the first game. Are we arguing about the weather now? It is going, 
going on at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we have the Edmonton Eskimos. Are we we going to talk some football here now, Will, or what? Can I carry on with this? I said, is that what time it starts? But that's our time. Yes, Pacific Daylight or Pacific Standard Time is uh, 10 a.m. So it's going to be 11 o'clock in Calgary. Okay. Yeah, it's 10 a.m. PST. Provincial sales tax? No, Pacific Standard Time. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we've got the Edmonton Eskimos who were victorious last week in Montreal. So the crossover team has won. That's happened twice before, we believe. Uh, we went over that last week, so we're not going to rehash it. Uh, they're going to play the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Timbit Field. Hamilton is 9-0 and this year at home. The Edmonton Eskimos have got a big hill to climb, but Trevor Harris, who annihilated Hamilton last year in the playoffs, uh, is uh, back with the Edmonton Eskimos this year. And I think, uh, honestly, I think they're, they're a better team than what Ottawa was. So, uh, mind you, Hamilton's a lot better team this year than they were last. So what, who is going to be happening? Uh, what's going to happen in this game? Oh my God. Who are you cheering for? Well, Hamilton for me, uh, barely, maybe, uh, like Charles said, uh, I'm, I'm cheering for Orlando Steinauer. And I think that's important. I actually kind of like Bob Young too as a as an owner. I don't. I kind of like to see him get some reward for his investment in this team. Uh, so Charles, let's start it off. Who's going to win this game? What do you think of it? What's the matchup? It's a tough one. It's it is going to be a close one, game. Yeah. These are both going to be I, good uh, games. Well, you know what? It, it will be relatively close. Um, I disagree with you. I don't think they're, that the um, uh, Edmonton is as good a team as Ottawa was last year. I think that they're. Um, uh, I just think that they're they're hot and cold. They they win uh, and they they just they never really have uh, a really solid um, winning streak. Uh, I think they've been all that way, and I think Trevor Harris has been that way. Uh, last year, um, and a classic example to look at that is last year in the playoffs with the Ottawa. He had a great game against Hamilton in the Eastern Final. Then he got to the Grey Cup, and he wasn't all that good in the Grey Cup. So he's just not a consistent quarterback. And I really think that this Hamilton defense is just one – I still think that they're the best defense in the league. I know people in Saskatchewan have an argument – I know people in Winnipeg have an ar- argument, but I think for the when you look at it, 15 and three uh, for the majority of the year, they have been the most consistent defense of any of the defenses left in the playoffs. So I think personally that um, they are the best defense, and I think they're going to give Trevor Harris some trouble. Um, I really think that if they can shut down Greg Ellingson, Greg Ellingson, who really is Trevor Harris's go-to guy. I think they can really um I think that they can really um expose that offense because the rest of the um 
Eskimo receivers are good, but I don't think they're that good. I know I'm not sold on, what's his name, the guy that was here last year, Kenny Stafford. He actually had a great, really good year this year, which was surprising to me because he dropped a lot of passes the previous year. I'm surprised to do, see him do so well. But I just think that this defense is going to be tough enough to shut down the uh, Edmonton attack. And I don't think the Edmonton defense is very good myself uh, at all. And I think that the Hamilton offense with Brandon Banks, etc., will expose this defense. I do think it will be a relatively close game for a while. But I think the defense and the offense of Hamilton are going to rise to the top by the end. I think uh, Hamilton pulls this one out. And I think it's going to be double digits. I'm going to call this one Hamilton 33 and Edmonton 23. I think it'll be about a 10-point spread. 33-23 for Hamilton. Yes. Okay, that's Charles, and this is going to be the Edmonton-Hamilton game. Beautiful. Okay, William, it's your your turn to call this one. Okay, so you got the Hamilton... Ticats, best defense in the league, best offense in the league. Um, they haven't played a meaningful game in five weeks. They've had That's the bye. They've had a they've had a bye week, and uh, you saw what happened to Calgary when Winnipeg had a bye week and what kind of havoc they uh, played on them. So. And Trevor Harris had a good game last week, 92% passing. So this week, what will Amazing he be? Amazing game. 26% passing. And the other thing is, Hamilton has spent most of the season without Delvin Bro, and he is back for this game. Mm-hmm. So he will, completely, he will completely eliminate one of Edmonton's receivers. So in my mind, this game ain't even going to be close. And it's going to be Hamilton 56 <laughs> to, Edmonton, to Edmonton 18. I love my buddy Will. You can trust that he is going to do something when Edmonton is playing. Okay, 56-18 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats over the Edmonton Eskimos. You heard it here first. Will is a uh, Promoting a 50-burger for the Ticats. Wow. Mark, do you see it the same way? Charles has got a pretty close game, although he's got it. Uh, Hamilton walking away at the end, a 10-point spread. Uh, Will looks like he's got about 40 points. Does that surprise you, Edmonton's involved? No, 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 no. I just love it. I just love it. Yeah. Will never disappoints Um, me. Really, to me, this game is a toss-up. Bro being back is huge. I hadn't heard of that. But it really, it's going to come down to how fast Harris can get the ball out before Hamilton's defensive line gets in on him. That's a strong defensive line. If the offensive line can hold them up long enough and Harris gets the ball out quick... It could be an interesting day, but that Hamilton defense is so good. 
I think at the end of it, they're going to be the deciding factor, plus Frankie Williams at special teams. That guy can just flat out run. So he's going to set, I figure he'll set them up pretty good with field position. So I'm going to stay with Hamilton. I did think about Edmonton, but I just I just can't pick them. I'm going to say 28-23 Hamilton. 28-23 for Hamilton, eh? Yep. Wow. And 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 Phil's not here, so he he doesn't have any scores. Uh he wasn't here last week and he didn't have any scores. Have we heard from Phil at all? Is he okay? No. I haven't heard from him that I know of. Okay, um, well, fuck it. I'm taking the Edmonton Eskimos 32-28, to 28, just because nobody else picked Edmonton. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to take the Eskimos just because somebody has to. Oh, and I put that under Phil. Better do that. Put it under CJ. 32-28 to 28 for the Eskimos. The second game, which goes on at 1.30, 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. That'll be 2.30 your time, Will, just so, so you don't have to do any math. Um, is the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who were the Grey Cup favorites early on in the season, and they just fell off the face of the planet. And then they actually went and got a good quarterback, and they're back, and they're strong. So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going into Regina, into Mosaic, going into the vagina, and going to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the toilet bowl. Oh, my good Lord. I don't know what's going to happen here. This is like the Labor Day Classic Banjo Bowl wrapped up into one. This, This game actually means something other than a banjo trophy. This actually means something. It's going to be a dogfight. I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be a dogfight. Cody Fajardo has been um, uh, favoring an oblique muscle injury. That's the center of his back uh, below his left collarbone or uh, left clavicle, not clavicle. um, What do you call that thing? Shoulder blade. And I had to go touch it to find out, remember what it was. Uh, anyhow, so he is, uh, he's favoring that, uh, although he has been tossing the ball and tossing the ball long in today's close practice. Nobody got to see it. There was no media got to see it, so we have no idea. We have no idea what injury is even real. Is this just a, a ruse by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to, to throw off the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Who knows? Uh, Winnipeg is hot off a of victory against the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, my God. How's this game going to play out? Charles, you go at it. All right. Well, this this one is really tough for me to pick. This um, this is the game of the weekend, I think. I think most people would believe that. This is a tough game to pick for me. I could really see this one going either way. Um I think Winnipeg's got some good momentum after their win in Calgary last week. Uh, I never liked the bye week uh, because I always think that when you're at this point of the season, a week off can actually be detrimental 
because you're so far into the season and you get in the routine of playing every week. Um, sometimes I can just see that uh, the West, the first place team, the home team, they'll come out flat because they didn't play the weekend before while the team that's uh, in there is still in a rhythm because they did play the week before. So I can see the bye week going either way. But the other option, uh, the other um, argument of that, of course, is uh, Cody Fajardo uh, got a week to rest up his, his injured back. So we'll see how it is. As of yesterday, he was throwing um, you know, the ball only about 15 yards. Now, reports today said that he was throwing the ball long, but that was a close practice, so they could tell us anything, and we wouldn't know any better because the practice was closed. Nobody saw it. So uh, that's another thing, too. But on the other side, they've still got injury issues in Winnipeg because we got to remember, Chris Trevler, he's got a foot issue. Now, it didn't seem to hamper him too much last week, so maybe it's not that much of an issue, but who knows? So um, this is a really, really tough game to call. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Uh, my pick here, though, is I just we, – we saw last week that that two-quarterback um, – that two-quarterback uh, system that they were running uh, for Winnipeg was really keeping the Calgary defense off guard. And they were had a lot of trouble adapting to it. And I think Winnipeg could use that effectively this year, or this week, rather. And quite frankly, Cody Fajardo's back issues really makes me gun-shy about picking Saskatchewan because... It could be more serious. It could be a ruse. We just don't know because teams just, they're never honest at this time of year. So we don't know how good. We we could get to Sunday and Cody Fajardo is not even going to start. We don't know. But Chris Trevler might be not dressed. We don't know. Exactly. But you know what? I just. Mike O'Shea lies at the best of times. He does, yep. But you know what? Something's just telling me Winnipeg in this case. I just think they're on a bigger roll, and I don't know. I just I like them better right now than I do Saskatchewan. So I'm going to take uh, Winnipeg in a close game, but I'm going to say Winnipeg will take this one 27-24. Winnipeg, Blue Bombers, 27, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 24. So you're saying Winnipeg is going to go into Regina and slap the Riders on their home turf. That's what you're telling me. Well, if three points is slapping, sure. Hey, if, if you beat the Riders at home by a point, you're slapping them about. Fair enough. William, what do you got? Yeah, well, you know, I think there's a couple of things. Now, what is what was the difference in the standings at the end of the year? Three points, four points between the two teams? I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a fight for first place in the West between three teams. There were no ties this year. Saskatchewan had 13 victories. Calgary had 12. Winnipeg had 11. Edmonton had eight, and Hamilton had 15. So they were only, they were only four points behind them, and and uh, 
they did more or less lead the league for most of the year until they had quarterback injuries and some other injuries. So these Correct. teams are closer than we these teams are closer than we thought they were. Um, if Fajardo is screwed, and I don't I don't think this is a ploy because it doesn't it doesn't matter what they say about Fajardo. Winnipeg is preparing for Fajardo. Okay. So it doesn't really matter if he's if they say he's hurt and he's not hurt, blah, 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 blah. But if Fajardo doesn't play, Saskatchewan is hooped. Okay? There's no, yeah, no chance. Dead. Okay? The other thing you got to throw into this, who probably knows the Saskatchewan offense as well as Cardi, Cody Fajardo? Oh, wait a minute. That would be That's Zach Kolaris because... He played for that team this year, didn't he? As a matter of he fact, pretty much back all through be, training camp. He was going to be the starting quarterback for that team this year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was so, the starting quarterback in game one for two plays, game for three plays, and and yeah, then he was done. Um, so he must have some pretty intimate knowledge about Saskatchewan. Yes, they probably changed things up. Um, I still don't think Cody Fajardo is that good of a quarterback yet. And I uh, I desperately, desperately, desperately want Winnipeg to win for a number of reasons, and you know what they are. Um, so I am going to pick Winnipeg, and it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say 27 uh, 22. Okay. Mark. I think we know who I'll be picking. Um, and Cody Fajardo, his back is injured because when he missed the final regular season game, which was for first place, it wasn't a nothing game, he was quoted as stating that if he had played that game, he risked not ever playing football again. He's not doing smoke and mirrors on game 18 of the regular season when that game is for first place. His one thing that he does amazingly is getting away from people with that spin move. If your back is hurting that badly and you do that spin move, and somebody clocks you halfway through that spin move, good luck. Strebler obviously is injured. We don't know to what extent it'll be. It will be interesting to find out if there is actually a broken bone. Something tells me there isn't, but who knows. Um, Really, the X factor in this one is going to be Powell for Saskatchewan. He's a damn good running back in the top two or three in the league. But he's up against a defense that gave up an average of 64 rushing yards a game, which is the second lowest in CFL history. So if, we, if the Bombers do make the Riders one-dimensional, the Bombers should win this going away. If it is just a running game, Saskatchewan should be in trouble with that defense. Uh, and, you know, oh, well, 
we faced Strebler, as the Ryder fans are saying. Yeah, and we beat you twice this year. You've had one game, one playoff game in Mosaic. Who won it? That would be Winnipeg. And then they say, well, yeah, we didn't have a starting quarterback then. Cool. And this year, we had Matt Nichols and Chris Strebler. Now we have a real quarterback that can make a difference in Zach Kalaros. So everybody's got new guys all around. I'm going to stay, obviously, with Winnipeg. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I'm going to say Winnipeg 35, Saskatchewan 20. They don't think it'll be that close. Once the three-headed monster starts up in the second half, if the Bombers, if the Bombers are within six points at the second half, then it'll be the three-headed monster like it was last week. You're going to have Dembski, you're going to have Harris, you're going to have Strebler. Good luck. Okay, Charles, I got you taking Winnipeg 27-24. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And then I have Will taking Winnipeg 27-22. So you both picked 27 for Winnipeg. That's correct, Will? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, Mark at 35-20. And CJ is going to take the Riders. And I'm going to take the score of 32-28. Thank you very much. I was hoping you would. Why? What did you finish the season at in our picks? Very strong at the end of the season. Yeah. What was I, the overall I, I was very strong I, I want you to at pick the end that of the season. season. So I yeah. think my picks right now are doing very well. <laughs> in fact, last week, I think it was uh, myself that uh, kind of tied for the win because I think I was the only one that picked um, – Edmonton to be uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I believe I won the other one. So that's yeah. a soft. Yeah. Well, so be it. Um, okay, so that's what's going to happen this weekend in football, and we're going to find out on Sunday. Hey, Super Sunday. There we go. Oh, have I got that picked twice? Yes. Okay, so let's do a post-mortem on the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, my God. This is going to be the challenge. This is a team who fired their head coach before training camp or during training camp, promoted their offensive coordinator, who ran the entire season under the label interim head coach. Then the owners walked away from the team, threw the keys on the table of the league, and left after a a lot of uh, media hype over what's going on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, which was not good for anybody. And then the league takes over ownership of the team, does an audit, finds out that the general manager has been cheating, and fires him. So this team lost its head coach, its owner, and its manager, general manager. Kahari Jones came in, did an amazing job as the head coach, 
put all of the bullshit and political garbage aside and ran a football team. Yeah, it didn't – they didn't do great. They ended up on a – well, I guess they're above 500 at 10 and 8 in a piss-ass weak Eastern division. Uh, and, you know, they were 5 and 3 in their own division, which was okay, uh, and with 10 wins. So that means that they were 5 and 5 in the wet playing the West, which isn't so bad, but they don't have to play a Western team, and they're gone. They're out of the playoffs because the Western team won. The Edson Eskimos crossed over and beat them last last week. Hats off to Kahari Jones for doing a hell of a job with this team. With all the turmoil, with everything that was going on, with the sky was falling down around him, he put together a respectable football team. He had key personnel. And at the beginning of the season, right after free agency, and everybody say, oh, the BC Lions won free agency with Mike Riley. Oh, my God, Edmonton Eskimos won free, free agency. They're the team beat. I'm sitting there going, you know what? Montreal is very quietly building themselves a football team. And they did. I said the same thing about Toronto, and they didn't, because they didn't ever get a quarterback. Um, but Montreal just quietly built themselves a football team. And uh, unfortunately, their season is now over because I would be cheering for them. And uh, so be it. That's the way I see the postmortem on the Montreal Alouettes. Mark, I'll let you do go next. I can't disagree really with anything you said. Um, Kahari Jones lit a fire under these guys. I don't know if it was his choice of music in the dressing room or how he danced on the sidelines. Who cares? <laughs> he he really did something to light a fire under these guys, and they they just seemed to love playing for him. It this is awesome that Montreal is relevant again. You know they were getting good crowds. There was an oomph around the team, around the fans. Going forward, though, it this is a huge off-season for them in free agency. They're going to need to stop with bringing in, like, 12 quarterbacks for training camp. Oh, I think that's over. And I'm going to assume so. Um, just they need to settle on one guy. They've got that guy, it looks like, in Vernon Adams. He's got some work to do in controlling his emotions and stuff, but I think they finally have a quarterback they can build around. Um, if they can keep stand back, they've got a running game. So, you know, going forward, this is a very good-looking team. And in the East, if you're good, then you're making the playoffs. You don't have to be very good to make the playoffs in the East. We all know that. So I think that you'll see this team get better next year. And it looks like Kahari Jones is going to be staying there. Hopefully he is. If he isn't, please come to Winnipeg. <laughs> no, well, they have a, they didn't up, they have a press conference today at 1 o'clock? What, how did, what happened? I didn't hear. I haven't seen anything about it. I know I that they were supposed to have it. something. Yeah. So who knows? But um, there was nothing put out. 
it, they need to lock up Kahari Jones. That will get some players to stay and get some players to come to Montreal. Because let's face it, the only reason guys have been going there the last few years is they overpay constantly. So now that they can be a destination, this they should just keep going up. I don't see why they wouldn't, considering where they started and where they ended. It's a very successful season. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. Uh, William. You know, I'm not, I'm not usually a big fan of saying that a team had a great year, even when if they lose in the playoffs and they're not in the Great Cup and they don't win the Great Cup. But you know what? What they did in Montreal this year was pretty freaking amazing. Considering where they came from, considering where most of us had them picked, okay, we all had them picked as the biggest dumpster fire and it wasn't going to change, especially since Kahari Jones, uh, um, you know, took over, we thought they'd be shit. Well, Kahari brought something to that locker room, and I think it was excitement about playing football. I think he made them believe. And, uh, you know, you say they're having a big free agent agency year this year. I think players will be attracted to Montreal because they'll get to play for Montreal, get to play for Carvery Jones. So uh, I think it's just a win, 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 win for Montreal and for the CFL. Because I even heard playoff game last week, they actually took the they actually took the uh, tarps off yep. the upper decks in the stadium. So because they're getting that many people, so hopefully that can carry over to next year, and Montreal could be a viable franchise again. And if it is, great. But yeah, you got to be you got to be impressed at what Montreal did, and I think. If he sticks around, I think Vernon Adams is going to be an up-and-coming QB in the CFL. You wait and see, because he's got all the skills, he's got all the talent, and he's got the right coach to teach him how to use it. So it's nothing but good things for Montreal right now, which last year at this time of the year, could we have said that? Not a chance. No. Not a chance. Not, not even close. And they're, I was listening to the wagon today, and I guess David Sanchez knows uh, knows. Uh, come on, Montreal's old defensive end. What's Bowman? his name? The thirty Bowman. Bowman, and Sanchez thinks that Bowman will come back next year, <laughs> just because it's so fun to play in Montreal right now. So. But I, I'm thinking Montreal definitely has to upgrade their defensive ends if a 37-year-old guy is their leading defensive end and he's their leading sack guy with six sacks. I think you need to upgrade that, but just say it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Go ahead. He, he, he did have a good season. You know? Yeah, he did. It, and actually he did. it, it was, was surprising. It was one of his first 
injury-free season as well. Yeah. Maybe he'll be one of those rare guys that gets better with age. Like Stephen Logan? Charles, go uh, ahead. You really had to go there? Yeah, I did. Jeez. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, one thing that they really need to do is they need to get, I think, the ownership sorted out. We've been hearing about these guys, the Lankoffs, for ages now, for months. Let's get that figured out because that's all that. Without it, that's always going to be um, kind of the elephant hanging over the room. Um, so hopefully they're able to figure that out and get that uh, taken care of. Uh, one big plus that I don't think a lot of people were banking on when the season started with the emergence of Vernon Adams as a quarterback, starting quarterback. Um, he impressed me. He looked like he finally, uh, I think you could say, um, um, a legitimate quarterback. Now, of course, he's got to, I think, carry his play over till next year, but certainly there's room to be optimistic there. Uh, I think there's room to be optimistic overall in uh, Montreal because, quite frankly, um, there hasn't been. I mean, what a turnaround. In terms of turnaround for the season, um, that's been one one of the uh, biggest one-season turnarounds I've seen in ages, not just even from one season to last season, but from training camp to the end of the season. We went back and we looked at it, and we all picked Montreal to finish dead last in the East uh, back at training camp. No one saw a 10-8 and eight season coming from them to host a playoff game. Their fans started coming back. It was just a feel-good story. Now, hopefully they can, and I think the other thing they got to do, get Kari Jones under contract. He should be your coach um, next year again. Uh, they've got to build off this, and they can build off of this. They now they got rid of that uh, anchor, uh, Cavis Reed, who is their GM. Um, but who is their GM now? Do they actually, is it Joe Mack? Is he I, the one that I, was acting GM right now? I can't answer that, but I think you might be okay. right. If it is, that's something I think you might want to look into and bring in somebody else to be a permanent GM because as we Eric saw Kilman, when he was in Winni- uh, as we saw when he was in Winnipeg, Joe Mack ain't the answer. So I think that's a big thing. Get Kari Jones signed, find a proper GM, and uh, get a few more pieces of the puzzle. And this could be a very very good football team next year. So um, I'm interested to see where they go forward from here uh, with this. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mark, finish it off. No, you went. I did went on Will the L's already. And did Will, you go on the L's? No, I went. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's it. We're done with the Winnipeg, uh, Montreal Alouette. It's over. Kaput. Uh, what do we got? What's going on? We're going to do a post-mortem on the Calgary Stampeders. Wow. wow. 
What can be said about the Cowboys Stampeders? They actually looked like they were coming on decently. Uh, it was an off year for Bo Levi Mitchell. He just got $700,000, $725,000 contract. Ended up on the six-game injury list. Uh, was he that injured, or were they just trying to save some salary cap? I don't know. Let's see what happens. But did uh, Bo Levi Mitchell look very, very ordinary, which is exactly who I said he was all along. Right from day one, I have said this guy is not that of a quarterback. Calgary was just a fucking amazing team. And now that team isn't quite as amazing. They got decimated in free agency. And uh, he looked ordinary. And that's who I believe he always has been and always will be. And uh, was he hurt? Okay. Uh, Everybody plays hurt. Well, most people play hurt. Some people just whine and cry and go on their podcast. Uh, Calgary got beat by the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I did not see that coming. I did not think that was going to happen. And uh, I really thought Calgary was going to own them. And uh, I don't know what to say. the, The word choke comes to mind. That's exactly what the Stampeders did. They just, they choked. They choked in that game and just did not play the way that they were supposed to. I'm going to let Charles go next because he's the only one that didn't have skin in that last game. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, well, um, it's interesting how the passing attack of the Calgary Stampeders really declined. Uh, when the receivers left. I mean, Bowley by Mitchell had some stronger games, but he had many games as well as we saw last week uh, where he was just not the same Bowley by Mitchell. Now, he did miss uh, a number of weeks with an injury. We know that. But uh, he should have had enough time coming back after that injury where that should not have been a factor. Um, The offense, I think that, Calgary needs to, I think they need to improve their running game for Bo Levi Mitchell to regain some of his effectiveness. Now, I know they haven't had a huge running game in the past, uh, but Bo Levi Mitchell, um, if he is, like CJ says, just not that spectacular quarterback, he would benefit uh, with um, a running game, uh, a solid running back, um, playing there. Now, I know that he, um, the running backs don't grow on trees, but I think if they got an upgrade on their run game, I think that would make their passing game more effective. No offense to guys like Don Jackson and whoever else they've been using during uh, the seasons, but, uh, I mean, they're not considered upper echelon running backs, and I do think that um, uh, a higher-end running back would help them. So we'll see if maybe they go on to um, do something like that. Uh, I think their defense is still good, but I think their defense was not as good this year as they were in previous years, and I do think that uh, they need to um, tighten up their defense again. They've definitely got some good players like uh, Trey Roberson, um, who definitely emerged, but I think that uh, their pass rush can uh, use a bit of an upgrade as well. So uh, Calgary still got some dangerous pieces. They're still going to be a factor in the West next year, 
but they do need a little bit of an upgrade, I think. So did you, you not hear a Bo Levi Mitchell's end-of-year interview there where he said he wants to throw the ball 100% of the time, that he doesn't give a shit if the Calgary Stampeders ever get a running game? Uh, well, I, I'm paraphrasing him right now, but uh, he's been called out on that as stupid. Right, but you know what? I think if they were honest, I think every quarterback would say that, um, <laughs> to be honest, because the quarterbacks want to pass. Uh, all quarterbacks do. They want to pad their stats, so, um, everyone. But uh, not all of them have the honesty to say it, but apparently Bo Levi Mitchell does. But to me, you're never going to be a successful football team if all you do is pass. It just doesn't work, it doesn't work like that. I, I honestly don't think that every quarterback would like that. You know, I think they would. Chris Strebler would. If they would. had the choice. Well... I mean, either if they're passing or running on their own, but they want everything to be in their control. I would think the majority a majority would. Yeah. But I think that the, the quarterbacks want to have greater control on their offense. I think the, the, the play call to a quarterback would be kind of an interesting concept. We, we haven't seen that in a very long time. Uh, but I honestly don't believe that uh, that a quarterback out there believes that a hundred percent passing game is going to win you football games. I don't. And think I so. don't even really think Bowley by Mitchell probably doesn't even believe it deep down. He he's probably saying it, but do you really think he would actually believe that deep down? I'm not convinced. I don't know. Don't it's really care what Bo Levi Mitchell thinks, say, quite frankly. Yeah, don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. Anything else, Charles? No, I think uh, that's good for me for this on this. Okay. Mark, you want to go next? Sure. I don't want to be Will. a pussy anyhow. Yeah, yeah. We'll let Will stew in the background for now. <laughs> he's not um, season's over. He doesn't give a shit right now. Charles is right when it comes to all they do is throw the ball. And it ended up biting them in the ass in the end of the season. They did have a lead going into the third quarter. But they're not sitting on a lead when you're throwing the ball nonstop. You don't have a running game. And Calgary's always had stud running backs. They're like Winnipeg and BC in that way. They've always had stud running backs. And the last two or three years, it's just been, okay, we'll stick this guy in. Oh, no, okay, no, no, let's try this guy. Well, no, let's try that guy. There's no continuity anymore. And... I think the next man up philosophy with injuries and losses and free agency and everything finally came back to bite them as well in that the next man up weren't as good as in previous years. And everybody's going to take a step back eventually. They have been realistically the class of the CFL in the regular season for a good part of the last 10 years. You are eventually going to have a down year. 
And if your down year is making it to the semifinals, that's not bad. Calgary's just so used to winning in the regular season, and we're so used to seeing them get to the Grey Cup or the Western Final, that them getting knocked out is just weird, especially when it's Winnipeg, who's now 6-23 and against uh, Calgary in Calgary since 1990. So... Um, they do need to look at their offensive play calling. Defensively, I think they'll be fine because free agency, you can fix that fairly quick. They don't need a ton of guys. Roberson will be interesting to see if he stays in the CFL. you got to figure he's, and he's basically said he's going to give it a shot in the NFL. So can you replace him? Probably not really easily. But, you know, did they have a down year? I guess. They also lost their starting quarterback for six or seven games, whatever it ended up being. And they didn't really have a running back or a running game. So, yeah, I guess they did have a down year, but they still made the playoffs. It, to me, the loss in the semifinal was more coaching than it was playing on the field. Yeah, Mitchell threw three interceptions. But they had no answer for anything Winnipeg did in, this, in that game. And once the first quarter was over, they had no answer. So there's some coaching philosophies that need to change. Of course, Mitchell's going to want to throw the ball 100% of the time. Um, did he run the ball more than three times this year? even on a mad scramble because somebody's trying to hit him? I don't think so. So it's a coaching philosophy as well. It's Dickinson's got to say, okay, we need to have a running game. It's Dickinson who's calling all the, the passing plays. It's not Mitchell. So the coaching philosophies need to change a little bit too. And going forward into the next season, I think they'll be okay. It's not like they're going to all of a sudden – be in you know fifth place or something like that and miss the playoffs. There's too much talent there already. So, go ahead. William. Talk about Calgary. <laughs> yeah. What I happened like this season? What's going to happen? I, and where I like, is it going to go? I like listening to guys who don't know anything about Calgary. Let me, let me start. We'll start off by saying this. Don Jackson was good enough to win the Grey Cup last year, and they did have a running game last year. Um, they went through one, two, three, I think four running backs this year, kept on getting injured. That's why they didn't have a consistent running game. Brad Erdos got hurt in the first game of the year. He's their number one run blocker. That's the other reason they didn't have a run game. Um, Dave Dickinson and Bo Levi Mitchell, would like to throw the ball 100% of the time, okay? It's just the way they are, just the way they're always going to be. Interesting concept is, and, and, and I'll paraphrase the real stuff in Bo's press conference, um, he said that was the worst game of his career. And I tend to agree with him. But here's an interesting thing. I wonder how hurt Bo Levi was at the end of the year because he was throwing passes on Sunday that weren't going 20 yards. And 
the interesting thing behind that is if you look at the Stampeders roster, the last six games of the season, they left Bontel Cozart, who is their third-string quarterback, on the practice roster. In the game on Sunday against Winnipeg, they put Montel Cozart on the roster and they left Terry Williams off their roster, who is their best punt return guy. And I'm still trying to figure out why they did that. Could Bowley be a little hurt? Maybe. You never know. And we'll never know. Um, defensive line this year wasn't great, but understand that all of those defensive linemen, with the exception of Cordero Law, were never penciled in to be starters this year. All their starters got hurt in the first three weeks of the season. And they were long-term injuries. They never came back. Um, I, I do believe Calgary took a step backwards this year because they're not in the Grey Cup. Um, there wasn't much separation between first place and third place in the in the east, in the west. So did they take a step back? Yep, they took a step back, um, a tiny step. And am I worried about next year? Not even close. So they just didn't play the way they were supposed to play. I, I think uh, Winnipeg having the bye week and. Uh, Winnipeg throwing some wrinkles into their system had a big was a big problem for Calgary, and I think that's one of the other reasons they didn't win. And you know, everybody says they hate that bye week, but uh, I think that bye week gives you a week to rest your weary body after a long season, and I think it was important. So, but yeah, Calgary's Calgary. They'll still be around next year, don't worry. And the year after that, and the year after that. So when uh, I'll start to worry when John Huffnagel starts talking about retiring. So there you go. That's my synopsis. Okay. Well, that's the end of the Calgary Stampeders for the 2019 CFL season. Oh, is it? Let's right over. We're going to jump over this one. Nick Arbuckle. Before you start, I'm going to take off. Oh, you're a pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday after the Bombers are in the Grey Cup game. But they play on Sunday. (laughs) So you're not coming on the Sunday show then? Is that what you're telling us, Mark? Yes, after the Bombers are into the Grey Cup. I yeah, will you, be said you said Wednesday. You said Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. You said Wednesday. That's what happens when you're half asleep. I will or... talk to you guys on Sunday. Okay. Okay. Have, have a good All one. Right. Cheers. You Okay. Jumping right into uh, another uh, Calgary Stampeder segment. Yes, I know I'm going over the TFC. Um. Nick Arbuckle wants to be a starting quarterback in the CFL. Do we see him moving on, and where might he land? Well, who needs a quarterback in the CFL? Ottawa. Ottawa. Toronto. That's it. Mm-hmm. Isn't everybody got their, their starting position pretty much wrapped up? 
Pretty much, yeah. And, and we pretty much know that Zach Caleros is going back to Toronto, so it only leaves Ottawa. Good place for them because they sure don't have a quarterback. Would now. Arbuckle would Arbuckle be an upgrade someplace else though? What's that? Would, would Arbuckle, Arbuckle be an upgrade be in... somewhere else? Are you talking about like uh, Vernon Adams in Montreal? Or are you nope. talking about Matt Nichols in Winnipeg? Or yep. Zach Caleros yep. in, in Regina? Trevor Harrison Edmund? I don't think any one of those quarterbacks is going anywhere. I think I each think one of those Clarence franchises is Toronto. content with who they have. Toronto is yeah, not content Clarence with who they are. Zach Clarence is not going to stay in Winnipeg. No, he's not. He's not going to stay in Winnipeg. But that doesn't mean that Toronto's going to re-sign him. No. Right. But uh, so I can see Arbuckle go to Winnipeg, too. They don't. After after the end of the season, or the third string guy, yeah. What's his name's a free agent? Stabler's a free agent. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback under contract. Stabler's a free agent. They're all gone. So, you know what I mean? Yep. Well, once again, I tend to wonder with Nick Arbuckle. Once again, and you preach this all the time, Christopher. Is it the system, or is it the, or is it the player? Okay. And in Arbuckle's situation, I think it's the system. And will he do as well somewhere else? Well, I mean, that's the James Franklin conundrum, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know. He looked okay really? in Edmonton. He went to Toronto and did nothing. He looked okay in Edmonton. You got to give him a little bit of credit. You know, he he, he didn't backup. get as many starts as Nick Arbuckle did. Right, he was the backup. So so was Nick. Well, no, but, at the backup in Calgary. Right. What is uh, what am I saying? I don't know. I mean, in order for these guys, there's Phil. In order for these guys to get better, they need real game experience. Agreed. And that means they're going to they're gonna come in and they're going to play a season, and it might not be a great season, but they have to play the season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, yeah, right now, Nick Arbuckle is an upgrade for Ottawa, right this very second. Okay? He's an upgrade, for sure. Yes. Without question. But... Where's Jeremiah Mazzoli going? That's the other question. That, yeah. Because yeah. I got a feeling right. they're going to stick with um, Dane, Dane Evans in Hamilton. Well, I, I would, of course I would you would. He's so. younger, cheaper, faster. Right. Especially if they win the Grey Cup. So. Yeah. But the thing, you know, you know what though, the thing that we're not talking about, and and uh, Dave Dickinson brought it up at the end of his press conference or his season-ending press conference, is that rule comes into effect this year, right? Where Which guys part? can, uh, the one where guys can uh, go to the NFL even if they have a contract. Yes. 
Okay. So NFL option what, window. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's stopping? What's stopping Dane Evans? Because I bet you he'll get some looks. He's a prototypical NFL quarterback. He's six foot two or six foot three. Yep. He can throw the ball. He's on a winning program. He's in a winning program. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they've got till the end of January to figure that out. So that's also a possibility. Well, that just means that Jeremiah Moley stays in Hamilton. Right? Dane Evans or whatever the guy's name is uh, signs uh, an NFL contract in January. Jeremiah Mazzoli re-signs with uh, Hamilton. Story over. Right. right. The world is the world is normal. Right. But but if he doesn't and he stays, so okay. Here's a question for you. You're the Ottawa Red Blacks GM, Marcel Desjardins. Okay, we're just gonna have to assume that you're gonna put yourself down to be in that position. Okay. Um, you got a choice between two quarterbacks, Nick Arbuckle and Jeremiah Mazzoli. Mazzoli's going to cost you more money, uh, but he's proven he's proven not to be an outstanding and, and, and spectacular quarterback, but he's proven to be consistent year in, year out. Or Nick Arbuckle, who uh, had quasi-success in... Uh, in relief of Bo Levi Mitchell for Calgary this year, he he didn't play outstanding. He didn't he didn't have this monster record, but he did play well. Who are you going to take? You know, I mean, seriously, who would you take? I would go with Jeremiah Mazzoli. You don't need Me much in the, in the Eastern Division to stay respectable. Me too. No, I'd go with Jeremiah Mazzoli too. And Mazzoli knows the system there already too. Where in Ottawa? Well, I, I guess more in Hamilton. Yeah, that's a good point. In Ottawa, yeah, he doesn't know anything in Ottawa. He's no. foreign. Okay, no, well, before we get into this this in depth anymore, uh, Phil just joined us on the show. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Thanks, Christopher. I'm doing great. You've been listening for a little while here. Uh, you're the Ottawa Red Blacks. GM, who are you going to take? Jeremiah Mazzoli, Nick Arbuckle. It's going to take a little while to shake out, but I'm I'm thinking Jeremiah Mazzoli. You might as well. I'm thinking just yeah, the the way that team is run in in Ottawa and the way they run their their offense and the the way they've run it this year, I think Jeremiah Mazzoli would would be the better option. Uh, n- n- no slag on Nick Ar- Arbuckle, but uh, was always a little more proven. And You're, I think uh, the fa- fans are going to demand, be demanding a, a proven quarterback next year. And you're going to get him at a discount because there's no other options for him. If Hamilton That's a beautiful walks, thing. Walks, lets him go for Zane Evans or Dane Evans, um, He's got no other option. There's no other team that's really looking for him, unless it's Toronto. But Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg. I don't know if Jeremiah Mazzoli's an upgrade to from Matt Nichols. 
that's the beautiful thing in, in this next upcoming off season in the CFL is the day of the $700,000 quarterback is over. There are all of a sudden many capable quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks around the CFL. I don't think the day of the $700,000 quarterback should ever have happened. No, probably probably not. Okay. Not unless the anticipation of the salary cap going up by $500,000 or the uh, uh, marquee exemption from the salary cap. And I don't care if you pay your quarterback $2 million, as long as it doesn't go against, interferes with your ability to sign players to make your team competitive. Okay, if you're going to have the same salary cap and you're going to raise one player's salary by two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's got to give somewhere. And if I remember correctly, this year coming up, something else happens in the in the salary cap, doesn't it? Isn't that the minimum wage goes up this year? Yes. Yes, it does. Correct. That is like a hundred. So it's gonna be even for the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, Are we finished with Nick Arbuckle? Yeah. 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 Okay, let's jump backwards to segment five. CFL playoff ratings outdraw TFC in the MLS Cup. The the soccer final did not get the viewers that the CFL did on two different games. Two different games. Both games outdrew. Does that surprise nobody in this room? It doesn't surprise any of us, but it should be shocking to TV world. It should be shocking, the soccer world, that they are still not as relevant across this country as what they think they are. Fuck, I hate soccer. You know what? And their fans. I'm not surprised at soccer. And I know a couple of real soccer fans. In 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 that I know a couple of real soccer fans. And they tell me that MLS is not soccer. No, it's not. Well, I've heard many people say say it's shit. Yes. So I don't think we grab as many. They grab as many people as you think they do. It's ranked something like 19th in the world on the list of FIFA-ranked soccer leagues. There are soccer leagues literally in third-world countries that rank higher than the MLS. Yeah, Southeast Asia has a league that actually ranks above the MLS. Yep. Who's surprised by this? I wasn't. No, nobody's surprised by this. I even asked a question online the other day. I'm like, is anyone really surprised by this? Did you get a response? No one actually did. No. 
No. I'm, nobody nope. should, I don't think there's as many soccer fans out there as what people would like to, you to believe. And that's just where I'm going to go with this one. Plain and simple. The CFL is still Canada's game. And yes, it may take a backseat to hockey, even though hockey has been commercialized and bastardized and Americanized and everything else you can say to it. It's still the number one sport in Canada. And uh, football's got to be number two. I, I really don't see them being anything else. I mean, I really like beach volleyball, but I don't think it draws the fans. And then, you know, I like beach volleyball for other I, reasons. I, I'm kind of point. partial to the lingerie league, too. So. Uh, so am I. So am I. They were here in uh, Abbotsford for a while, but then they left. Uh, the, the BC Angels. I've got yep. uh, a jersey from them. Yeah. I went to all the games. I had season I went tickets. To a couple. It was awesome. I was right behind the players' bench. I got cuddles and hugs and selfies with the is girls a, and all sorts is, of stuff. Is it a is it a beer me jersey from them or not? I uh, no no it wasn't. I, I heard they had it, to fold that franchise because guys from Abbotsford were generally square. Well, it's 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 the Bible Belt any way you look at it. That's true. You know, it, 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 it did have some problems and issues with that concern. There was a lot of protest about it, but, you know, fuck it. Who cares? We we, we watched football, and uh, there was absolutely nothing X-rated. In fact, I don't even think it was PG-rated. No. Nope. Okay? It was pretty, pretty tame. Um, actually, it was pretty good smash-mouth football. It I was. Play I was, was going to say... Those guys, those girls went at it. They, they went at oh, each yeah. other big yeah. time. They, they, they played yep. some pretty good smash mouth football. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was it was very competitive. I like the indoor game. I, I really like the indoor game. I and I think I don't think the indoor game is suited for men. It's it's too small. It's too small of a venue. That's, that's, but it was a perfect venue. That's for a the great women. point, Christopher. Yeah, I, I watched a. Uh, a uh, game between Saskatchewan and, and Winnipeg or Regina and Winnipeg uh, and Regina, I think won that league the two or three years that they ran it across the prairies. And uh, it was really enjoyable. And you're right about a smash mouth fo- football. And, and I really like that comment that uh, the indoor game might be made for the ladies. It's much more suited for them. It was really good. And and I understand that. I'm talking to a lot of the girls and everything else. But the fact that it was a launch, it wasn't really lingerie by any no, stretch of the means. Okay. But they weren't properly protected from the perils of the game. And they got hurt a lot. They got a lot of rug burns. They got a lot of cuts and bruises and scrapes that they wouldn't have had if they had proper padding on. I would like game uh, played by women wearing proper attire. Now, granted, I love watching the the, uh, the lingerie side of things. It was definitely intriguing, but you, 
you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and quit being sexist about this and, and, and exploiting them in that capacity. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form. I'm not. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that they should be scantily clad like that if it affects their health and well-being. No, of course not. Yeah, but to continue and, on the misogynist and, and sexist side of things, Rugburn is seems kind of attractive to me. Depends on where it is, bro. <laughs> Depends on where it is. Uh, I'm joking, of course. Yeah. Right uh, down the side of your face is not a good, not an attractive no. way of having it, right? Uh, not down the side. Um, yeah, I, I got some pictures from the from the BC Angels games. I, I should uh, share them with you guys. Okay, um, what were we talking about? Oh, TFC ratings. Anybody else want to talk about this soccer shit? Or do we just move on? Because I'm okay with moving on from that. Okay, we're going. Uh, the city of Regina is naming a street or has named a street at the legendary running back George Reed. Is he the greatest running back in the CFL history? No. No, he's not. I'm glad that Saskatchewan, uh, Regina in particular, is honoring their heroes. And uh, so be it. I think it's a wonderful thing that they're naming a street after him. I don't know where they can, how you can just change. I hate it when a city changes the name of a street. If they were creating a new street and name it George Reed, that would be wonderful. But if they're taking an old street and renaming it, all you're doing is messing up everybody's letterhead and and business cards and everything else that went with that. And don't think that that doesn't happen on a residential street. Okay, You've got your same address for years and years and years, and now you have to go and change it. Uh, It's annoying as hell. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how they're doing this. I'm just sharing my issues with changing the name of a street. But uh, do I think that this is a good idea? Sure, why not? But is George Reed the greatest uh, running back in CFL history? I don't think so. Not personally. Uh, Phil, I'll let you go. Scatching Rough Rider fan here. Uh, what do you think? George Reed uh, gets his own street. Trey Cool, eh? Two statements. Two statements. First of all, Christopher and in today's digital world, you can change the name of a street many, many times, and it can always fall back to the original street name. Uh, another thing is, what took so fucking long? This should have been done years ago. And that's all I got. Well, he's on, they've honored the great guy. They, they, they've had his name up on the hall of, uh, wall of fame or ring of fame or whatever forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I I think this is just, you know, a little bit almost over the top. So I don't know why you you would think that why did it take so long? But, I don't, I don't uh, think so at all. You look at any major stadium in North America, uh, whether it's football in the NFL or, or Major League Baseball uh, in particular, uh, any outdoor stadium is – Normally, on a street, named for one of the one of the greats, either the baseball or football greats. Is that what they did? Is this the road at uh, Mosaic? Yeah, it's the one that goes by the stadium for one one of the you know the streets that. Okay, what was the, the name of the road before that? 
Uh, I should know, but I'm sorry, I don't. Okay. Don't have it. It's not important? Or have we just pissed off some other family because you took the street name away from their grandpa? Well, it, it would be uh, that would be regrettable if it happened to be uh, named for a First World War veteran or something like that. But I, I'm pretty sure it was not in that area. Okay, no, I'm just checking. I, I, I don't really know. Okay, uh, Charles, uh, who do you think that George Reed was the greatest running back in the CFL ever, Phil? Um, probably, probably. probably. I didn't really? get to see the early part of his career at all. And only got to see the last couple years of his of his career in person and and a lot on TV, but uh, so I'm saying he probably was. Uh, when you consider how many Grey Cup appearances that that team in Saskatchewan had, and uh, at that time, and during his and failed. career, yeah, there were some failures. Yeah, yeah. Again, they were coming out of a very strong West Division during during that period, and. Uh, yeah, there were some losses in Grey Cups, but uh, continually, when you they're like the Calgary Stampeders of, of the, that era, and uh, you know what are we going to do? Compare Ron Lancaster to Bo Levi Mitchell? It was Ron, Ron Lancaster and George Reed. You look at okay. First off, uh, how you got you know Mike Pringle, you've got Pinball Clemens, shit, you got Andrew Harris. Oh, Andrew pinball! Harris. Come on, give me give me a break. All right, okay. Pinball was a very multifaceted uh, player in the CFL and great, you know, ideal for the CFL because of special teams abilities. But as far as a, a an all time running back, Pinball Clemens was not an all time running back. Mike Pringle, however, was, and that's when I compare uh, George Reed. I always think about Mike Pringle, and I think about what happened to Mike Pringle when he didn't have the opportunity to break Reed's record. Um, so, you know, Mike Pringle might be, but it was a very different era when Mike Pringle played, and he also played on some pretty good teams. Um, so it's, I think between those two. Right. But I mean, George Reed, I mean, the the game was different back then. It was all running games. It very rare where we didn't have a passing game back then. Not not more near what it is today. today. But you've got to remember that George Reed was a fullback. And they always had a they always had a uh, scat back or tailback that played behind George Reed. So no one in the history of the CFL from the fullback position has uh, had the impact of running up the middle like George Reed has. So yeah, I would when I can think about that, you know, long before the single back days, I think George Reed was the hands down the best running back in the history of the CFL. Yep. But a fullback in, in the late 60s, early 70s is not the same as a fullback today. That's true. It's just it's true. Yeah. not. It, that's different. Yeah. I mean, today the fullback more as, in, more in the 60s a, actually was a player. In today's pro offense, fullback is a slash H-back, often slash tight end. It's used completely different today. He, he's a blocker more than anything. Even in the NFL. The, foot, the fullback is uh, is an off afterthought in the NFL. It's really only two or three teams in the NFL who effectively use a, a fullback on the majority of downs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
Charles, you got anything on this thing? He's getting some road named after him. And, uh, I, well, first of all, I think it's good to honor your legend. So I have no problem with the road. Uh, I think that George Reed is one of the greatest running backs in CFL history. Uh, is he the greatest running back? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. You got to look at like a, like you said, guys like Mike Pringle and, um, and so on there. Another guy, a running back who doesn't get the recognition in my mind uh, that he deserves as a running back, but he was a spectacular running back. And maybe because he didn't play as long in the CFL as many others did, was Willie Fleming from the BC Lions. Yeah. Who I think still has the single season record. I'm not sure, I may be wrong about this, but rushing yards per attempt, the one year. His rushing yards were his average carry was nine point seven yards, I think. So basically, every time, on average, every time he touched the ball, he got a first down or very close to it. But uh, is he the on greatest average. of all time? On average, yeah. Is he the greatest of all time? I don't know if I'd say he's the greatest, but he's definitely in the top five discussion. I would say. Okay. But it is true; it's different eras and so on. So it's it really is hard to compare. Okay, in in 1960, Willie Fleming had an 8.4 yard average, and over his career, it was 9.7. Yeah. 9.7 yards per carry on average. Holy sheep dip. Okay. Uh, William, what do you got to say? You don't care, do you? Do I hit the bell? No, I do care, but uh, I do care, but uh, I never, never, ever, ever compare errors, okay? You can't. You talk about him being the greatest fullback. Well, we don't use fullbacks nowadays. They're usually special teams players or comes in for fake field goals or whatever. Um, I, I, in my mind, Mike Pringle is the best running back of all time, but he was in a different era than a lot of guys. So, and you know, it's great that they named a street after George Reed. Um, and I'm with Phil, what took them so long? And if you really wanted to prove something, you should have called it George Reed stadium, not mosaic, but wait a minute. They'd lose too much money if they called it George Reed Stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Well, d- d- why? Ottawa has TD Place, which is actually Frank Clair Stadium at Lansdowne Park, named TD yeah. Place, and they still use right. all three of those names. So that you could have called it uh, George Reed Stadium or or I you know, you Park or something and, and, and Mosaic. Yeah. It could have been done. You just have to be creative. I guess people in Saskatchewan aren't quite as creative as those in Ottawa. I mean, I think you could say George Reed is probably the greatest football player Saskatchewan's ever seen. I think is the only one who's still alive, for that matter. Right? All the great ones. I I suspect that they're saving that, much like in in Ottawa, I I wouldn't be surprised to one day see uh, Mosaic Stadium be called... uh, Ron Lancaster Field at Mosaic Stadium. 
on George Reed Street. Okay. Because uh, Saskatchewan people are pretty classy like that. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm done with George Reed. There's really not much happening. Okay. Bombers assistant coach Paul Lapolis is apparently high on the list of BC Lions for their vacant head coaching job. Do we see him as the favorite or does someone else hold that position? Wow. Okay. Um, uh, Charles, I'm going to let you go here. What do you think? Is that the number one choice that we have at this point in time for the BC Lions? Right now, I would say probably either uh, him or Rick Campbell, because I I have heard Rick Campbell's name uh, mentioned in connection with the Lions uh, multiple times, but um, I, I still... I still see him going to Edmonton. I just think it, it's too much of a fit there. Now, Jason Moss hasn't been fired yet, and who knows, if they somehow beat Hamilton this weekend and great get to the Grey Cup game, maybe they don't fire him. Or then again, they still might, even if he does that. So it's really, I don't know, it's a, it's a, a tough call, but I would say right now uh, – La Police and uh, Rick Campbell were probably my two favorites at this point in time. Who would you like to see as the coach of the BC Lions? Hmm. Uh, I would. I honestly wouldn't have a problem with Rick Campbell. Because I still do think he's a good coach. He's not um, my favorite guy ever. I think at times he kind of seems a bit arrogant, much like his father did at times. But I would have no problem if Rick Campbell Campbell was the head coach. Okay. That's only going to happen if uh, Jason Moss doesn't get fired or leave. No, I understand that. I agree. Yeah, we we know that. Um. Hmm. Phil, Paul Apolice, is he the choice of the BC Lions? Is there somebody else? Paul Apolice is going to be the choice of somebody, but I think it's too early to tell who the coach of the BC Lions will be. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised that if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers lose this coming weekend, that Paul Apolice is the new head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's no Bomber fan out there that agrees with you. I give a fuck about what Bomber fans think. I'm just sharing. <laughs> I'm just sharing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Before that. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I've said that all along, is that uh, Paul Apolice will be the next head coach of the, of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And in all honesty... Who else would it be? Uh, I'd love to see uh, Kahari Jones in Vancouver. I, I, I think that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he signs with Montreal, I think he's signing too soon. But uh, you can't argue with the success that he's had there. And, and obviously, whatever's <laughs> working over there is working. 
So uh, let it happen. Uh, my number one pick for head coach for the BC Lions goes against everything I believe in. Not everything. Um, I don't think we should go with another rookie head coach, but I really want to see Tommy Condell behind the bench. I think it's time. I would have loved to have seen Jamie Elzondo, uh, but that's not going to happen. He's gone to the XFL. Uh, that being said, Tommy Condell, I think, is the next one that needs to, to step up, and he is at least a defensive, uh, an offensive coordinator. Enough of these defensive guys. Defensive guys shouldn't be head coaches. Boo, hiss, boo, hiss. William, La Police, head coach of the BC Lions. Yeah, you know, I Campbell, think, I who think, else? I think, I think, um, other than the stint, the, what was it, a two-year stint with Wally, the last head coach, and then there was Benavides before that, then it was Wally before him again. They've been missing something in that organization. And, and I do believe the BC Lions and, and yeah, I'm not lying about this. I, I think they're a pretty class organization, especially with David Braley, who owns them. Okay, so I think they need a classy coach, and I and I think the next coach in BC should be Jason Moss, because he epitomizes <laughs> class. Oh. He epitomizes <laughs> class, and, uh, and I think he would be a good fit there. And I think him and Ed Hervey have a relationship, don't they? And, and I've heard. I've heard through the rumor mill that it's a done deal already. Just say it, okay? So I'm just I'm just going to go there and stick it with that, okay? So you don't want to touch reality. Um what are we going to talk about then, Will? Well, well, he w- he is an upgrade to uh to uh Devon Claybrooks. There's no doubt about that. Who? Jason okay, Moss? Which Absolutely. absolutely. Um, but in in my mind, I still don't think uh, Devon Claybrook should have been fired. But that's just me. So I don't think he should have been fired either. You mean hired? He didn't have a problem with it, but he shouldn't have been fired. I don't. I, I, I think I, in order I, to get, I don't think he should have been fired. Continuity, in order to get continuity with players, you need to keep coaches. Okay. One of the things that I always point out, not many coaches get fired out of Calgary ever. And uh, the guys who do leave, they just eventually leave because they've got better opportunities. And I, and I think that's part of what works in Calgary is continuity of coaches running the same Will, system all the time. So, Will makes a great point. Great point there. Calgary, Stampeders, New England Patriots, Alabama Crimson Tide. You can you can compare them all. They all have what Will just suggested. You cannot compare those teams with this situation because all of those teams are winning organizations. And winning organizations don't fire coaches. Why would they? They're winning. But they they, they lose coaches. To better they lose coaches, because, but they don't fire Alabama. Them. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Alabama and New England and Calgary all end up losing coordinators year after year, and, and good coaches and player personnel year after year because of their success. But 
And I and I tend, you know, what amazes me, and I know it's probably a different organization, but what amazes me is Mike O'Shea has gotten so many chances. His first year as a head coach was not very good, or his second year, or his third year. And there's rumors Fourth he's getting year was fired. He never mediocre. got fired. He never got fired. Okay, so I think it, and and the Bombers have sort of gotten progressively better. They still haven't won a great cup. I'll give you that, but maybe the 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 place was in such disarray when he got there. That's not necessarily his fault. I still I'm I still and I'm still stuck on this. I think they should have given Clay Brooks another year, at least. I'm I I agree so, with that. I'm not arguing. Yeah. No, I know, I know. But I, I still think it was an Ed Hervey save my ass move, to be honest with you. Yep. No, you know, somebody mentioned I... uh, Tommy, Tommy Condell, and uh, Tommy Condell has been interviewed for head coaching jobs in the CFL many times, has never got one. Jamie Elizondo was just around, just getting to the point where he was being offered interviews for head coaching jobs, and... Uh, of course, was blocked by his team, and I, I so I, I think Jimmy Elizondo actually had a better chance and a, be, a better opportunity of being a successful coach of the uh, of the BC Lions because there's a reason Condell wasn't winning those those interviews. Of course, there was. Just, of, of course, there was, and I'm not denying that in any way, shape, or form. But somebody has to give the guy a chance to step forward. I mean, it's no different than Noel Thorpe. Okay. Now, Noel Thorpe is a defensive coach, and I'm not a big fan of that. But how long has he been one of the premier defensive coordinators in this league, and nobody has given him the opportunity to step up? Nobody. Why? What does that say? <coughs> well, like Tommy Condell, Thorpe has interviewed in the past several times. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, I know. There's there's no good answer for this, and Will's 100% correct. Consistency makes makes a better team, right? I mean, what what was um, Winnipeg like when they were firing the coaches two or three in a season uh, under Joe Mack, right? Now, coming right. back to uh, uh, Devon Claybrooks, I heard that he was fired because he refused. To fire some of his uh, underling coaches, uh, he was g- he was given the uh, ultimatum to clean up his organization and get rid of some dead wood that uh, he should not have hired in the first place, and uh, and he said fuck you, and he says uh, they stay, and uh, then uh, Ed Hervey had no choice but to say, well you don't stay, so. Loyalty is a wonderful thing, but sometimes it's stupid. The most positive thing for the BC Lions I've seen at the end of the season was when I read that David Braley was going to get involved in a meeting with management immediately at the end of the season. And I knew some positive changes were going to come out of that, and therefore I was not surprised at the firing at all of Devon Claybrooks. And I predicted it. And, I mean, you think about it, if you look at Ed Hervey's uh, record at hiring coaches, who has he hired? 
he's hired Jarius Jackson. Well, their offense hasn't been that great either. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because they want to see me get better. Just Jones in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, I want you to go. Will, you've been around long this podcast long enough to know that when BC hired Ed Hervey, I was yes. not a happy camper. Well, yeah, no. You, you were not, yeah. I yep. was not a happy camper in any way, shape, or form. And that Edmonton fan was on the show at the time and just said, you watch, you watch, you're going to love him, you're going to love him, he's going to be great, he's going to be great. I have not loved that man. I do not endear to him at all. Uh, no. I'm still not an Ed Hervey fan in, in BC. Let's in get, my get mind, some, in my get mind, winning seasons. BC, BC went backwards this year again. Well, they did. So, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because today, this year was a rebuilding year. Last year was a collapse. Okay, last yeah. year was not really rebuilding. This was a rebuilding year. You got, you cannot expect wonderful things. Okay. Right. Some, maybe you could. Maybe you can't. I don't know. This You cannot expect wonderful things. You hope for them, but okay with it. I was okay with this season. I'm not okay with the way that this, the offseason is going for this team because next year is going to be a rebuilding year. Sure. Okay? But, you know, yep. when you go into a season uh, signing a $700,000 quarterback who missed the playoffs the previous year, you can't expect to necessarily make the playoffs this year either. We all know that last year, Mike Riley was the MOP of this league. He was the all-star quarterback in the CFL. Whether or not the Edmonton Eskimos made the playoffs is irrelevant. And people need to realize that. Just because he didn't make the playoffs does not mean that he wasn't that quarterback. And he hasn't changed. He is still one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, even though he missed the playoffs two years in a row. Mm-hmm. This is a team sport. You have to have a team around you. you can't, I don't care how good you are. I don't care what position you play. If you're the best in the league at that position and the rest of your team is shit, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You can't blame this season on Mike Riley. He he was leading the league before his injury. A, a quarterback doesn't keep points off the boards. No, he can't play defense. He's not allowed. It's probably a good thing because I think Mike Riley could be a very good defensive lineman or a linebacker. In the CFL, a two and outs. Um, they're really, really hard, hard on your defense. So I think in the CFL, uh, quarterback play it is more indicative of what your defense can do than than it is, say, in the American League. Uh, and and uh, we look back to last year with Zach Caleros when he was seemed to be struggling in the red zone but was moving the ball well. The, the Riders posted a, a 12 and 6 season, and uh, he went 10 and 4. Um, with a team that didn't score very many points, yet he was instrumental in uh, in the success of the Riders in 2018. Just, just saying. Of course he was. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL. 
he had to be instrumental. And where and we riders are going to find out just how good he is Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and I and I absolutely I believe it was a mistake for the riders to create him this year. Here, here we are sitting with Cody Fajardo uh, as possible, a little bit less than probable for Sunday. And uh, how would the riders be looking right now if uh, Black Caleros had played that last regular season game and had been taking first team reps in the last two weeks? They'd be looking as the uh, Grey Cup favorites even if even before the Calgary Stampeders were eliminated. Well, they'd be looking just like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are. And well put. I mean, I I was adamant the minute that I heard that the trade that Winnipeg had Zach Caleros, I said the Bomber fans are now going to get excited. They now have a chance at a Grey Cup. They had no hope at a Grey Cup with Strebler. I envisioned the same nightmare as uh, 2018 when the uh, Riders lost that home playoff game to Winnipeg with uh, Brandon Bridge for Fox sakes. And then in 2017 when... Uh, when the old man was came out of the game in, in Toronto, and they were within one defensive play of going to the Grey Cup, so two, this would be the third in a row, possibly, where Saskatchewan, without quarterback depth, is uh, going to come up short of Grey Cup. But the story is floating around, and if it goes public, he'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blows Spence. <laughs> Fucking blows Spence. Okay. Now, we got uh, about four minutes left in the show before I have to do, start doing a wrap-up. We want to talk about Don Cherry. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to lay this out there. Don Cherry is a Canadian icon. He is somebody to be admired. He is somebody who speaks his mind regardless of the consequences, and he was not wrong. He used the terminology, you people, and that got everybody offended as because they believed that he was speaking about immigrants. If you take the word in the context that it was, he was referring to anybody who was not currently wearing a poppy. Yes, he did make comments about coming to this country for the milk and the honey. And you wanted the the Canadian way of life, then act like a Canadian. That, to me, did sound a little bit like he was attacking immigrants. But I'll tell you what. Our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has said that we're no longer allowed to use the term, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, boys and girls. We're supposed to call them people. You people. Don Cherry did exactly what the Prime Minister asked of him, and he lost his job. Now, this little Greta bitch from Sweden, she likes to use the term, you people are screwing up our world. And yet the liberals love her. But they don't love Don Cherry when... And I'm doing the little L liberal, not the big L liberal right now. Um, And then the liberals don't like Don Cherry because he said, you people. So 
it's either an acceptable phrase or it's not. You can't have it both ways. Stop being so goddamn hypocritical. Now then, there's this bitch on the on the social, which is a poor excuse for the View or whatever TV morning, morning TV talk shows are, which is a, just a waste of time. Comes out and calls hockey players a bunch of rich white boys that are a bunch of bullies. And this bitch still has a job? That really annoyed me. Okay. This bitch still works and is on, on CBC. I think she's on CBC, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, where's the public outcry against this? Because she was a hell of a lot more derogatory than Don Cherry was. And Don Cherry wasn't wrong. William, get on your high horse. Tell me what you think. We don't have oh, a lot of time. I know. We don't have I, a lot of time. I, I don't think Don Cherry said anything wrong. I'm glad Don Cherry refused to apologize. Um, I, I just, I, I've always liked Don Cherry because he spoke his mind. And whether he used the right words or not, it doesn't matter to me. I knew what he was trying to say. And, and you know, and I've always been a guy who's always said that we we immigrants don't assimilate to our country we assimilate to the immigrants and that hasn't always the way it's been in Canada just in the last 20 years and uh, I don't think Don Cherry I don't think Don Cherry said anything wrong I think you should be able to say whatever you want to say what happened to freedom of speech freedom of speech is only when you talk about the government the government cannot yeah, prosecute you for anything you say, but you are not allowed to be critical of religion. Anything. You're not allowed to be critical of anything like that. And the, the the organization Sportsnet does have the right to regulate who represents their yep. product. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, okay. they do. Bot- bottom line they is they they removed Don Cherry because they did felt that he was not representing. They want it to be seen. Okay? I don't have a problem with them doing it. I have a problem with the fact that it was done. And there's semantics in here. Don Cherry should not have been fired. He did nothing wrong. I don't have a problem with Sportsnet doing it. I have a problem with it being done. Yeah. This is why I never worked for a company. For 35 years, I've been yeah. self-employed because if I want to tell one of my customers to fuck off and go away, I want to be able to do it. I don't want to deal with consequences from somebody else. I'm okay losing the right. business. I'm okay with them bad-mouthing my business, but I'm done with their particular bullshit for today, and I'm not putting up with right. it anymore. Okay? Right. I can't do right. that if I'm working for somebody, and that's where Don it's kind of off on this, but we know who he is and we know what he's done. And he's been threatened to be fired or has been fired. I don't know how many times you put Don Cherry out there. The scariest thing. You want him to say it. Is he, the scariest thing is he said worse things. And this is also Don, this is also Don Cherry's stick. And that's why they hired him in the first place. I was going to say, they want him to be controversial. That's why they put him on every Saturday night. Okay. Because I, it I gets gotta, ratings. 
Yeah, I got to shut down the show, guys. We got like 30 seconds left. Uh, Sorry, Phil, you didn't get to go on this one. Let's Talk CFL Podcast episode number 412 is now in the books. It is playoff football this weekend. The, The finals, Eastern and Western finals are on. You guys watch them up. You've heard what we've had to say. Have fun yourselves. Say goodnight, Charles. Good night, folks. Enjoy this weekend's games. We will talk to you Sunday night when we know the Grey Cup matchup. Phil, go ahead, buddy. Good night, everyone. Enjoy this weekend's of CFL football. Uh, it's going to be outstanding and free Don Cherry. Free Don Cherry. Love it. Uh, sorry. Uh, thanks for coming in the second half. Oh, Will, say good night real quick. Five seconds. Good night, everybody. Go Owls.